Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, I've got two very special guests, William and Mary alumni. Matt Crispino, who's now the men's head coach at Princeton University, and Jesse Moore, who's the associate head coach, University of Minnesota. Jesse, Matt, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing great, Coleman. Thank you. We all know um, William and Mary recently announced that they will be cutting seven programs at the end of this school year, including both the women's and men's swimming and diving. Um, you guys were kind enough to come on both as alumni um, and talk about, you know, what this could mean for the community, what, what impact William and Mary had on your swimming careers. And, uh, and also um, you've, uh, we, we've already started uh, the attempt to save William and Mary swimming uh, you can go to savetribeswimming.com. That's savetribeswimming.com slash pledge uh, to pledge your support to, to get informed about the impact that the Tribe Swimming William & Mary has had over the years that it's been a program and, uh, and donate to try to save uh, this program that's impacted so many lives. Um, so guys, let's get into it. Um, first of all, just tell me a little bit about uh, what drew you guys to William and Mary um, and, and your experiences there. Uh, Matt, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, I came to William and Mary in 1998 as an out-of-state student from Connecticut. I grew up in central Connecticut. And, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a cliche answer, but it's true for me is it, it was the, the, the best combination of high-level academics and um and swimming that that fit my needs as a as an athlete and um i went down on my recruiting trip ned skinner recruited me to william and mary um and uh i went down on my recruiting trip and i was unfortunately left for virginia tech before i was able to enroll but my first coach when i walked on campus was a, a 22 year old greg Meehan. Um, who, uh, who mentored me my freshman year in, in the distance lane. And um, I just had an unbelievable four-year experience. I met some really important people in my life, including my now wife, Liz. And uh, I was lucky enough to go back in 2007 as the head coach and spend 12 wonderful years there. I, I um, spent three of those years with Jesse and uh, one as his coach and, and two as his, as his uh, boss, I guess, as, uh, having him on staff and um, you know, it, it was a wonderful experience and it's extremely sad and heartbreaking and, and disappointing to, to see the program treated this way. Yeah, and I grew up in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. I swam for Greg Fastrich at Hershey Aquatic Club and, and Sam Barney, who was Sam Smith at the time, was coaching at William and & Mary and um, recruited, me, recruited me there and I committed and, and uh, my senior year, I got to swim for Matt um, after Mickey Moody became the head coach at South Carolina. And um, I went on to grad school after that in Philadelphia. And, and then Matt was great enough to bring me back and give me my first full-time assistant coaching job. So that's how I got into coaching full-time was because of Matt. And just like he said, the community that we had, I mean, look at the 
the outpouring of coaches throughout the country in the sport. Um, but the swimming community at William & Mary is so tight and so strong and special that some of the greatest coaches in the country have come from that program in different ways. Yeah, and, and, and that, that was my next point. I mean, it's amazing the names you're saying. I didn't, I didn't know half of these names had William & Mary connections, but, you know, it's like from the top of my head, we've got right here on this podcast, we've got Princeton, we've got Minnesota, uh, we already mentioned Greg Meehan, head 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 coach for for the women at Stanford now, um, Olympic head coach twenty two thousand twenty one. Um, we've got Mickey Moody, head coach South Carolina. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I know Tyler Fenwick is a William and Mary alum, he, associate head at Virginia right now. Um, there, I mean, it's it's. I think you mentioned a couple others, and I'm sure there's numerous others. Um, but it's it's kind of amazing that they have all come through this program. And you mentioned it's a tight knit swimming community. Um, What, you know, how do you explain that? How do you, how do you explain something so special in in a program that has produced so many coaches that have gone on to coach great, you know, top level division one programs? Um, I, I think it's just the culture that, that's been built over the years by all the coaches that you mentioned and several others that you didn't mention. Um, there's, there's a long list and it's impressive. And um, the kind of student athlete that um, is drawn to a William & Mary tends to be a, an overachieving um, athlete, student, person that is eager to improve and doesn't really care about the lack of resources and, and we'll probably get deeply into the let those lack of resources. But, you know, we, we always wore it as a badge of honor that we were able to do what we did with the resources we were afforded and the achievements kept going up over the years. And it was like, you know, we, we started doing things um, in the nineties and, and, and I guess more recently that a lot of people think a William and Mary summer has no business doing. Um, And I think, it's fun to prove people wrong. It's fun to achieve highly. And when you go through that shared set of experiences and you, you adhere to the same cultures and norms and values that have been passed down through decades of previous summers, it's a really special experience. And we have a very engaged alumni base and, and uh, everyone whose life has been impacted by William and Mary swimming and diving um, is, is ready to fight because they're, they're really upset about this decision. Yeah, you had to work hard to get to William & Mary, and then when you were there, like Matt touched on it, the, the lack of resources, I think, and Tyler mentioned this in his social media too, um, it made you gritty, and uh, you were always an underdog. You know, we didn't really have scholarship money, and we didn't have a great facility, but we had everything that we needed, which was each other, creative coaches. You know, When you work there, um, and you're coaching in an eight-lane, 25-yard pool. You're coaching six hours a day between different workouts you have to have for a co-ed team. And then you're recruiting, and you don't have scholarships, and you don't really have much in terms of financial aid. And admissions is tough. And so you have to get creative. You have to be tenacious, and you have to work really hard to and be creative to, to be successful. And uh, the coaching there in the past 20 years especially has proven that that development opportunity can make you successful in the sport. And I think that's why our student-athletes and the – the community there is so tight. They're proud and they're, they're hardworking. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at past results and, you know, you, you said, uh, especially recently, Matt, that, um, 
that William and Mary Summers uh, were doing things that some people thought they had no business doing. And, um, you know, one name that really stood out this, this past season uh, heading into the NCAAs that was eventually canceled uh, was Colin Wright, who was one of uh, two, two, two to four men, I think, in the country heading into NCAAs who had gone under 19 seconds in the 50 freestyle. He was 1898. Uh, again, I, I don't know specifically which, what seed he was, but uh, certainly top five heading into NCAAs. He was fourth. In the yeah. Fourth mm-hmm. seed. All right. Uh, he, was, he was 4201 in the 100 free, 135.04 in the 200 free. Um, so, I mean, you had, you had NCAA title contenders at this point, um, coming out of William and Mary and, uh, and then you see a decision like this. So, um, let's get into, let's get into the, the actual decision. When did you guys hear about this? What were your reactions? Um, and you know, how, how, how have you processed this? Yeah. So, um, I actually kind of had a hint that it was going to happen the day before that it did. Um, you know, I had a meeting scheduled the following day and I texted Matt and I thought, what do you think this meeting is about? And he said, I also have a meeting. And so uh, I think at this time when, when meetings are scheduled between administrators and alumni, um, one of two things is happening. A program is being cut or some major advancement is going to happen and, and they want your help with, you know, figuring things out. Um, I think in, in this COVID world, it's obviously not a major advancement. So Matt and I actually had an idea uh, that we thought the team might get cut. So we scheduled a meeting with a couple of alumni and Greg Earhart at the College Swimming Coaches Association. And it was just five of us. And we just quickly got organized, planned a time for a all, an all alumni and, and donor in front of the program meeting. And um, had to wait, obviously, for the announcement to officially come. And you know, word started to spread through the alumni community. And then we found out on Thursday officially um, and then got the message out, scheduled our meeting and we got to work. And um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Matt. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, we, we had an inkling that this might be happening, but we wanted to protect the, the current student athletes at all costs and make sure that they heard it from the person who's responsible for it. And uh, so on Thursday, the, the swimmers at William and Mary, men's and women's swimmers, along with the um, men's indoor and outdoor track and field teams, the men's and women's gymnastic teams, and the women's volleyball team were all invited onto a Zoom. So all of those teams were on one Zoom together. Uh, the athletic director read a prepared statement and uh, then had somebody else offer some resources and then close the meeting without taking any questions. It was a seven minute meeting is what I'm being told. So that's how they found out, you know, um, a week and a half into their semester as well. Yeah. And, and from talking to other programs that have been cut, I know Iowa had a very similar, um, had a very similar meeting to what I was told. Um, there's not, doesn't seem like there's a lot of compassion um, going into these cuttings for how this is affecting the athletes, the staff, um, the personnel that are really affected by it. But um, yeah, I mean, we've seen, we've seen, this is the seventh division one team that has been uh, eliminated since the COVID-19 outbreak. 
Um, that includes the Boise State women, the Iowa men and women, Yukon, Dartmouth, East Carolina, Western Illinois, which is indefinitely suspended. Sorry, that's, that is different. Um, and, then, and then we've got William and Mary. Um, so, so how fast did you guys react? Uh, I'll take this chance again to say the Save Tribe Swimming website is up and running. It's, uh, it, you guys got it up super fast. Obviously, you reacted very swiftly. Um, SaveTribeSwimming.com. If you want to make a pledge, if you want to help save this program, SaveTribeSwimming.com slash pledge. Um, tell me about, you know, the, the, the efforts you guys went to, to get this up so swiftly and to, and to try to save William and Mary. Yeah. Quick, quick shout out to the, um, five or six people who are all very recent grads that got that website up and running. They worked nonstop over the holiday weekend to have it up by Sunday. It's extremely impressive. Um, and we appreciate their efforts. Now you mentioned a, a number of other cuts that have happened around the country and I think it's worth pointing out that, you know, at the risk of um, speaking out of turn, because I don't know the ins and outs of every single one of those cuts, I feel like William & Mary is a bit unique among the programs that were cut because, you know, Jesse and I and everyone else who worked on my staff all the time I was there, we worked hard to try to prevent this day from ever happening. You know, we, we knew that swimming, as a general statement, is a, is a bit of an endangered sport at the college level and and uh in a, in a time of crisis it becomes exacerbated but you know we knew that I, I listen every year at the college swimming coaches um convention i listen to joel schinnefeld and i listen to greg Earhart tell us fundraise create endowments show that your program adds value in the community show that your program adds value academically um, achieve highly keep your swimmers happy you know um don't give administration any sort of ammo to come at your team. And, and I took their advice to heart and we worked really hard. We, you know, swimming has an endowment that has a market value of $3 million. It was started back in the early nineties. The last time the program was threatened to be cut and the alumni rallied and got together a bunch of money with the principal donor and then a lot of other smaller donors and, endowed the program so that this day would never come. And, and that endowment produces spendable income of $118,000 this past fiscal year for Nate Kellogg and his staff at William and & Mary. Um, and then annual giving is at an all-time high. There were over $200,000 given to this program last year by alumni and supporters. Some of that to the endowment, but 194,000 of it was spendable money that came into the program. So the fiscal footprint for this team is extremely small. Uh, it doesn't cost William & Mary a lot of money to sponsor men's and women's swimming. And the, you know, on top of that, the program is nationally competitive and active in the community and achieves at a very high level academically. So it really becomes a head scratcher when you throw all those facts and figures into the mix. Jesse? Yeah, I would say, you know, all the things that Matt said, totally true, right? And you think that you're doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. And you look at programs that, that you know, get cut and you think, well, we have an endowment. Our financial footprint is probably less than 200 grand in the grand scheme of things to pay for, you know, salaries and benefits. Um, you know, since there are no scholarships, uh, the pool is a recreation facility run pool. 
and they don't have we don't have to pay anything to use that facility so it's a very low cost program so the cost savings from this is 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 very insignificant in the grand scheme of even a 28 million dollar athletics department budget um, um but we did we mobilized fast and and um Matt and I, I think balance each other really well because Matt is very thoughtful and, and precise and I'm, I'm a go, go, go. He has to hold me back <laughs> kind of person. And we, um, we created that meeting with all the alumni and the supporters and every, everyone that wanted to be involved. And we had committees and just like Matt said, we had some amazing uh, younger alumni who built that website in literally 48 hours. And, um, you know, we have committees working and we're organized and we're trying to do whatever we can to save this program. Yeah. So, so listening to all that, I'm, I'm scratching my head, right? I mean, it's, uh, it's a little shocking that, you know, a program that, and, and, and scary for, for, for other swim teams, certainly if, if your program is endowed and, uh, is, is bringing in, you know, their, their own is supporting themselves, um, almost fully again, very small financial footprint active in the community nationally competitive at a very high level uh and and yet the program gets cut it's kind of like well what else what else can be done and certainly there's always more in the grand scheme of things but um pretty worrisome and and pretty concerning um you know i'm I'm looking at the website now that's savetribeswimming.com slash pledge you know over, with over 300 total pledges, um, it looks like there has been over $600,000 raised to save William and Mary, which from the numbers you just gave, you know, gives, gives life for another three to five years with just that lump sum of money. It's, it is a little confusing and it's concerning and it's upsetting. Um, so I don't know if you guys have, an, have an answer to this, but I have to ask, what do you think it would take to get this program reinstated? Let Jesse take that one. <laughs> that's a that's a magical statement that we're, you know, um, ultimately and at the end of the day, it's going to be the choice of of the university, right? I mean, these decisions aren't just athletic department decisions; they're president decisions, they're office of general counsel, human resources, board of visitors. Those are all um, huge parts of these decisions in a university system. Um, it would probably take about four and a half million dollars to endow the coaching staff uh, at their current level and their benefits and everything. Um, you know, I think that that's definitely doable, if not this year, in a, in a quick amount of time over the next couple of years, especially as we have a fund that could uh, delay any cost to the athletic departments. Um, you know, but I think that some strategies coaches can take that I think in the future for all swimming programs, because once one gets cut, more gets cut. And the more that we can save and keep, the better it is for our sport. And I think that strategies to take are um, being as useful as you can in the department and being as useful as you can in the community. So when your team is threatened, um, you have the community roaring behind you. Um, If your team is threatened, you know, maybe you're a, a team that's now going to start thinking, hey, I'm going to coach swimming lessons to every student athlete in the department so that every student athlete graduates knowing how to swim. Um, and maybe a certain powerful team like football will then say, no, we need that swim team because I want those coaches to teach my players how to play. Or maybe it's lacrosse or it's whatever sport. And 
I think that there's ways to make yourself really valuable. Um, and I think those are avenues that swimming programs across the country should look into uh, as we move forward in this, in this uh, interesting era in college sports. Holman, I'd like to be clear about what doesn't need to happen for William Mary to be saved. We don't need to build a $30 million natatorium. That would be great. I, I, you know, if there's someone out there that wants to donate the money to build a state of the art pool on William and Mary's campus, great. But um, an eight lane, 25 yard pool is sufficient for a division one program, mid-major program like William and Mary to flourish. There are, you know, there are countless examples that we can point to of people who train in a 25 yard pool and swim at the world-class level. And to state otherwise is, you know, it's just an outright lie, you know? And so, um, you know, the excuse that's been, that's been publicized, I guess, by the William Mary Athletics Department is that the program cannot compete at a national level in the current facility. And that's been disproven time and time again. I can see you, your confused look on your face. You know, Colin Wright goes 18 <laughs> out of that right. facility. Uh, it seems to be working. You know, it's, it's, pool, it's, it's a pool. It's got water in it. <laughs> It's got air that you can breathe and it's a great practice facility. It's also a great home meet facility. Um, spectator seating is limited. There's no diving. Okay. There are plenty of programs that don't have diving. You know, the, the William Mary program has won six consecutive CAA titles with no diving on the men's side and, and two um, in recent years, three total on the women's side. So, um, you know, the idea that we need to, to raise 25 million or 150 million to endow every program at William & Mary to be nationally competitive is ludicrous. If we, can make, if we can make it a net zero cost for William & Mary to have men's and women's swimming, everybody wins and we can do that. That's a very accomplishable goal. Yeah. Yeah, so um, to, you, know, you threw out the number four and a half million to endow the program, you know, to endow the, the coaching positions. So, but you, you, you know, I'm, I'm confused here. I'm, I'm guessing maybe some of our listeners are, and again, I don't know if you have the answer to this, but the, there was an endowment, correct? There was a three and a half, three, three and a half million dollar endowment. What, what good did that do when they decided to cut the program? You know, it's like, why that, that doesn't, you know, in my mind, that doesn't add up. If, if there, if it's endowed, why cut it? Um, do you, do you know the line of reasoning? Do you know what happened there? Uh, do you know, did they, did, are they just trying to, to, to make moves to, to appease their higher, some higher ups or, or seem safe? You know, what's, what happened there? I think there's, there's all different factors I think that could be considered. I think a lot of it would be us speculating, right. But, um, you know, you could, you could say perhaps they would like to have a smaller number of student athletes and teams and concentrate more resources on them. Um, perhaps they want to give relief to support staff because perhaps they, you know, athletic training is, has a lot of student athletes. Now they have 118 less between the teams that they just cut uh, or academic advising. Um, I think that there's a short-sighted decision there. And I remember when I went there, um, we had one academic advisor and I never, I saw them in week one of my freshman year and never used them again, you know? And I think that there's so many ways that you can go beyond, but the footprint is so small and, and the endowment keeps you, keeps you um, feeling secure. Um, but it just shows how vulnerable we all are when these decisions are made. It's almost like, well, 
I thought endowments were important, but now we're getting cut. I thought, you know, gender equity numbers were important, but, you know, all sorts of different things. But, um, yeah, hard to answer. You know, Coleman, when I was recruiting at William & Mary, and recruits would inevitably ask the question, is your program secure, right? Like, we get asked that. I get asked that at Princeton. Jesse, I'm sure, gets asked that at Minnesota. Um, and it's a good question, by the way, for recruits to be asking college coaches. And, and my answer was, was typically, well, I don't know for sure, but, you know, we have alleviated William & Mary of a big portion of the burden of sponsoring men's and women's swimming. So if they cut men's and women's swimming, there wouldn't be a big financial windfall. So why would they do it? I mean, that was literally what I was telling people. And yet here we are. So um, apparently the $3 million endowment didn't quite cover it in there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we're proposing is an additional, you know, four to four and a half million dollars on top of the existing endowment, which would fund the entire operating budget. It would fund the everything from um, the cost of op, cost of doing business to the, the coaches' salaries and benefits and what measly uh, women's scholarship money is there. There's, there's no men's scholarships, zero. Um, Colin Wright paid full tuition, as did everybody else on that team. Mm-hmm. And there are $8,000 currently of women's scholarship money, which is going away after that student athlete graduates. So, um, you know, there's, there's not a big financial burden in terms of scholarships. It's just operations and coaches salaries. If we can endow all that, it seems to me that William and Mary would want to have a team that wins championships and is a model program. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm starting to agree with, with what you had said earlier, Matt, that this does seem like, uh, a little bit different than the other cuts. Um, certainly, you know, when, when you were a coach, certainly it seems like you guys have done your homework. You guys have, have planned for this day and, and done a lot of things to make sure that it didn't come and it still came. And that's a little troubling. That's very troubling, right? It's, uh, it's pretty bizarre, but I guess we're living in bizarre times and, Hopefully this can, this can be undone. Again, if you want to uh, show your support, if you want to pledge a financial gift to try to save William and Mary swimming, head to save tribeswimming.com. That's save tribeswimming.com. Um, to finish up, we're, we're down to about eight minutes here. Um, do you, if you guys, let's finish on, on a slightly happy note. Um, do you guys have a, a, a one fond memory from your times of William and Mary? I'm sure you have tons, but you know, a, a good highlight that, that each of you could share um, about, about the time that you guys spent there. Actually, I have two, one in the pool, one out of the pool. <laughs> so, um, some of my classmates from the team and I were actually, we had a Facebook exchange about this, um, last couple of days but my freshman year the uh every sunday night our freshman class did a dinner together we would cook it in the dorm in the community kitchen and um the men would cook for the women one week and the women would cook for the men the next week and we would eat together every sunday night like that and um we were joking about how um you know alex on the on the men's side was our best chef at the time and he um 
made like shrimp scampi and we would joke about the women giving us like uncooked chicken and we just had this funny back and forth but the, those Sunday night memories were really cool um in the pool it was probably um my my junior year when the women won the first CAA championship in program history um you know a non-scholarship program they won all but I think two events and they won every relay and um that was the energy of that meet was electric and it was, it was awesome. And just to see the whole men's and women's program rally around the women like that when they won their championship was unbelievable. That was so fun. So, uh, in 2017, um, there this, the CAA championship was unbelievable for a number of reasons the men won in sort of record setting fashion, kind of, you know, for lack of a better term, blew away the rest of the field and, and ran away with the meet. So on the last day, we knew the men were sort of comfortably um, coasting, for lack of a better term, toward victory, still swimming very well. But the women were locked in a battle. And what ended up happening is, is the women erased a 70-point a deficit going into the last day um, to James Madison to come back and win the meet. Actually outswam JMU on the last day by 119 points. Um, which is like, we'll still like, I'll never forget that day as a whole, both prelims realizing that we had probably done enough and then finals when we actually um, closed the deal. But in the middle of all that, right in the middle of the last session, um, there was a member of our men's team who uh, was about to graduate, was a senior, um, brilliant student, you know, 3.95 GPA, um, was applying to grad school, had just gotten rejected from one of his top choices, was hoping that he could get into the PhD program at Cal Berkeley and was knew that he was going to get a, a notification pretty soon. In the middle of the meet, he gets an, an email on his phone saying he's been accepted into Cal Berkeley's PhD program in, uh, you know, climate science, geology. I, I can't even explain the, the level of academia that we're talking about. Yeah. And he just kind of raises both of his arms in triumph and the whole team mobs him right at the pool deck. And this is kind of during the diving break. We don't have diving. So uh -huh. everyone's looking at us like, why is William & Mary all cheering and hugging the swimmer when in the middle of diving? And he went, I'll never forget this. He went up into the stands. His dad hadn't been to a single swim meet in his entire career. Um, and, and this was the only time he'd ever gotten to see him swim and he went up into the stands and gave his dad a big hug and all the parents that like a standing ovation from the parent section and from our section and for like, you know, keeping the titles that year and the huge comeback on the last day. The thing that sticks out in my mind is when Josh Zimt got accepted into Cal Berkeley and, and now he's thriving at Cal as a PhD student. I'm not sure I and, um, sorry. Um, and he's just, it's just uh, kind of a, always will stand out to me as, as a special day. Um, not only because of the victories, but because of the human element. And, and that's really what it's all about when you're talking about tribe swimming is the people are what make the program special. It's not about the facility. It's not about the scholarships. It's not about, it's not even about the titles. Um, you know, we just, we just love the people and um, that's what makes it great. And that's what makes William and Mary great. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can keep this thing going. Yeah, I'm, I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> that's that's Josh Zimt. I got to give Josh Zimt a shout out from <laughs> Bluefish, Chuck Bachelor. Thanks for sending Josh Zimt to Mary. Uh, that was that was a uh, 
a beautifully told story, a very, it sounds like a very human moment, you know, around this incredible weekend of athletics uh, and, and, and seemingly one of many, many reasons why William and Mary swimming still needs to be kept around and alive um, in our community for our community. Um, if you would like to make a donation to William and Mary swimming, um, save tribeswimming.com that's save tribeswimming.com slash pledge um, thank you matt thank you jesse uh, for your time for your wisdoms for your anecdotes god i'm gonna i'm gonna just <clears throat> i'm gonna think about that story all day now that was great <laughs> and then you're gonna make a pledge right <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go make a pledge because i because i want to hear more stories like that there you go there you um go. Yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Coleman. We appreciate it. Thank you, Coleman. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.